like a father feeds his children, like a shepherd leads his flock. The Lord will always guide us and show us where to walk. In times when we have plenty, in times when we have none, He is our provider, and His mercy never stops. Like a shepherd, He leads us. Like a father, He feeds us. From the morning to the evening, till the sun rise again. Like a shepherd, he leads us. Like a father, he feeds us. Oh, he is the great I am. Like a father feeds his children. Like a shepherd leads his flock, the Lord will always guide us and show us where to walk. In times when we have plenty, in times when we have none, He is our provider and His mercies never stop. Like a shepherd, He leads us. Like a father, He feeds us. From the morning to the evening, till the sun rise again. Like a shepherd, He leads us. Like a father, He feeds us. Wow, we've come to the most important part of the service, that is the Word. So why don't you rise to your feet and help me welcome my father, your pastor, Pastor Chris! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, clap for the Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord deserves our clap, our praise, our hands. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this day. And thank you for your word that we will now receive and eat to become part of us. We pray for your leading and your guiding. In Jesus' holy name, we know that 
You will touch many lives here today. And we open ourselves to receive from you. In Jesus' wonderful name, we give you praise and thanks. Amen. You may all be seated on top of your enemies. Praise God. It's a little bit cold. Is it so? So we'll try to end quick. Amen. But as you can see, we are under construction. Amen. Some weeks ago, I prophesied that there'll be a time when there'll be different levels of seats in the church. Do you remember my prophecy? I said, the way we are going now, there might be a time when some will sit higher than others. I want to speak to you in the valley here. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything that you are sitting lower than these people. It's only because we, we are still bringing in more soil, then you will also be lifted to higher ground. I hope you're not offended that you came to sit in the lower seats. The Bible says, humble yourself and the Lord will lift you up. Amen. And to you on the mountain peak, I want to speak to you as well. <laughs> Don't think that now you are sitting higher than others. Be careful lest you fall. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I hope you'll be, you will uh, bring warm clothes as the winter comes. But as, as you can see, uh, we moved fast this week. Don't you think so? Yeah. And as we continue to give our donations, it helps me to keep the building the walls rising higher. Amen. So every time we make an appeal for some uh, offering, please, it, it's very clear for everyone to see where we are putting this money. We want to close here so that it can be much warmer. And Jackie will put some lights in for us very soon so that we can also see brightly. Amen. Are you excited for this new building? Excited like I am? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise the Lord. Well, today I want to give the Lord thanks, first of all, for all of you that have come to be part of this great work. Um, God is really good to us. I feel very blessed to be chosen by the Lord to lead this great assembly of people. Solomon asked the Lord for wisdom because he said, Lord, it will be very difficult for me to lead if I don't have wisdom. So I always pray for wisdom to lead the people of God because it's not easy, but uh, it's good to have people like you that are excited for the things of God. This morning I asked a few people as I passed by what their roles are here in the church. It will be a common question I will ask you because I preached a few weeks ago about our fruitfulness. Anybody remember my message on fruitfulness? So that means that only certain people over a certain age I will allow to say that they are just observers. But if you're younger than, if, if you're not yet a Sasa pensioner, you must give me a description of your duty at this symphony or BMI center. Amen. This wall will be called the Jesus Cathedral. The Jesus Cathedral. Is that a nice name? Yeah. Other walls will have names of certain people that has been instrumental in my life, but this one will be the Jesus Cathedral. So you must tell me what is your role here in the Jesus Cathedral. But don't be afraid. If not, we will find a job for you. 
Well, that, that is fruitfulness. Everybody helping to do something. I was blessed this morning by a lady, uh, Nicole. I'm sure she's working with the kids in the tent. Is she here, Nicole? Yeah, she's in the tent. And I, as I took the turn into Silver Sands, she came also with her, uh, what's that little car she drives? Uno, fire. Full of fire. But it was, the windows were tinted. And I wondered, when did she tint those windows? And when I looked closely, it wasn't a tint. It was all the children she had loaded into that car to bring to the, to the house of God. And I suddenly a joy filled my heart to think, somebody is listening to my preaching. Not just listening, but she's now putting it into practice. She will give her life to help to grow the work of God. And that is what I meant by fruitfulness. And I'm sure... It won't be long, then you will also be herding many people to the house of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I want to continue speaking or preaching to you today. I greet all of you that's also listening to us for, on Facebook. You're all welcome. I want, to, I want to continue talking to you today about the important work that God is doing in our lives. Amen? God is doing great work in our lives and I want you to understand. It is in Jeremiah chapter 3 where the Lord says, I will give you shepherds, pastors that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So you, as you listen to me, you must receive more knowledge and more understanding. That's what the Lord promised in Jeremiah 3.15. He will give them pastors that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, I can preach a very hot message that make you jump up and down, but if you leave here with no understanding, Jeremiah 3.16, sorry, if you leave here with no knowledge and no understanding, then I have failed in my duty as a pastor. Do you understand? So it's very important that you listen to teaching because teaching brings information Information is knowledge, and knowledge is understanding. One of the greatest things you can pray to God for is for understanding. It was the prayer of the king, Solomon, in the Bible. And then when he taught his son, he said, the greatest thing in life is wisdom and understanding. Amen? If you can understand why we're getting cold now, you will know that very soon it will be nice and warm here. But somebody who does not understand will moan and say, you have a lack of understanding. But if you have understanding, there won't even be any fights or arguments. You'll be the nicest person to have around. May the Lord give you this understanding that is so needed in our lifetime. Amen. Today my message is entitled, The Rod, The Staff, and The Oil. It's a powerful title. The rod, the staff, and the oil. Hallelujah. And I want you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 23. We read it last week. I'm talking to you about God's work in our lives as a shepherd. And I'm also talking to you about your role as a sheep in the house of God. Amen. You are not a crocodile we determined last week. You are not a wolf. I actually realized that uh, 
the Lord talks about wolves in the Bible and he said there will be, you are my sheep, but he said amongst you will be wolves, but they will have on sheep clothing. In other words, you will think they are sheep, but actually they are wolves. When the Lord spoke to uh, the, the authorities that crucified him, he mentioned Herod. And he said, Herod, that old fox, another animal, a fox. So his animal terms are being used to describe certain characteristics of people. But we thank God the Lord used the sheep example of what Christians should be like. Amen. Sheep and lambs. The, the animal that needs the most attention, the most care, the most help. Because it's the animal that cannot survive on its own. It cannot run fast, unfortunately. When the wolf comes, the sheep cannot run. Number two, the sheep cannot fight back. It does not have teeth to bite it doesn't know any karate to defend itself from the bear, the lion, and the wolf. That is why a sheep needs a shepherd. Glory to God. Jesus Christ is called the good shepherd in John chapter 10. Hallelujah. Meaning if there's a good shepherd, they probably could also be bad shepherds. Then it's also called the great shepherd. And lastly, is called the chief shepherd. Praise God. I want you to understand because of our modern world, it's not easy to get this, but the Bible is the word of God. And the Bible gives us a pastoral understanding of herding. Abram was a shepherd. Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Amen. David was a shepherd. All the great men in the Bible, most of them were shepherds. And in those days, your economic prosperity was measured by how many sheep and how many cattle and how many goats you had. Do you understand? There was no Mercedes Benz. There was no building of huge castles and things. It was just the one with the most sheep is the rich one. The one with the few sheep is the poor one. Do you understand? And you will notice that it was actually very hard to herd sheep and to herd animals because in the morning it's cold like you have now. You are complaining about this cold. Not, not verbally, but I can read some of your minds. Imagine a shepherd in the field now, in the cold. He has to look after the sheep. Then in the hot sun, in the drought. It was a hard work. It was different to planting of crops. And you can have a little understanding why God received the sacrifice of Abel and rejected the sacrifice of Cain. Uh-huh. You see, but this morning, because we don't have much time, we are only going to look at one aspect, and if God spares us, we'll go deeper into the subject so that we can have what? Knowledge and under? 
powerful. Hallelujah. So, Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. Praise God. Thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. A little further down, it talks about you anoint my head with oil. Uh, if you can get me some oil, I'll be so happy. I'll be so happy. And then also my staff, because I'm demonstrating today. Hallelujah. Is Pastor Robin around? I asked him to bring me a rod and a staff. I hope, oh, he has brought it along. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today I am a shepherd. I have both a rod and the staff. Have you noticed the scripture talks about a rod and the staff? So they are, they are not exactly the same. They are slightly different. Today you will get more knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. And you will also understand the uses thereof. Thank you for the oil, my boy. I also have oil. Can you put it on the speaker so that it's visible? Um, Javen, please back. Uh, or move the table forward so it's visible for the people to see. Beautiful. Amen. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then I might need you to get a chair and sit there because I need your assistant. The shepherd and the assistant shepherd. Amen. Clap for the assistant shepherd. Glory to God. There is a difference, ladies and gentlemen, between a rod and a staff. Could you come up? Just put your chair there and just far, far in the corner, quickly. And then you keep the rod and the staff up like that. And then I will talk about it. Just behind the white table. Stand behind the white table. There's a difference between the staff and the rod. Before I get there, I want to make something very clear to all of you. When the Bible talks about the shepherd, its reference is to Jesus, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, and the great shepherd. Amen. However, how many of you know just before Jesus left this earth, he asked Peter a very pertinent question. The question was, Peter, do you love me? How many of you remember that question he asked Peter? If you do, then how many times can I, can I ask you a question? How many times did he ask him that question? Anybody know? He asked it three times. And every time Peter said yes, he said something very remarkable to him. He said, if you do, then feed my sheep. Hallelujah. And the third time, he also included the lambs. He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. So although Jesus is the chief shepherd, is the one whom we worship and adore, his feeding of his people works through his under-shepherds. Are you understanding me? Like Peter was the first one 
to receive the instruction to do the feeding of sheep. Hallelujah. So when I make reference to sheep, it's in relation to you and God, but also to you and whoever God appoints to feed you. Do you all understand? I'm giving you understanding. Nobody should have a, a, a strange understanding or a conflicting idea of why the pastor is a shepherd. Because the pastor has been given an instruction by the Lord to feed the sheep. Jesus is perfect. Unfortunately, the pastor that is given to look after the sheep is not perfect. So the pastor that is instructed to take care of the sheep and to feed them, because he's human, you will notice in the, New Test the Old Testament, before he made sacrifices for the people, he also had to make a sacrifice for himself. Amen? So, as the Lord has given me the stars to shepherd or to feed his flock, I also can't do it on my own because you can see this is a large flock. <laughs> and there's another service that comes after this. So I also appoint other shepherds to help me. Glory to God. And as they speak to you, I want you to understand they might not be perfect because they are also human beings. The only perfect shepherd is the good shepherd. Hallelujah. The true shepherd, the, the great shepherd of the, of, the, of, of, our, of, our, of the flock, which Peter calls the great shepherd of the flock. Hallelujah. That is Jesus, our Savior. The pastor cannot save you. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you. The job of the pastor is just to carry out the instruction of Jesus. The job of the pastor is to teach you what God says in his word. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? Hallelujah. However, as a sheep, you must receive the instruction from the chief shepherd through the under shepherds. Certain sheep are rebellious and hard-headed. I know it's not you. Tell your neighbor he's not talking about you. I said certain sheep are stubborn. That's the right word. Do you know what stubborn means? Are you stubborn? Is there anyone stubborn here? My mother used to tell me I'm very stubborn when I was small. So I was stubborn, I admit, until the Lord rescued me. You know what, what a stubborn child is? They say from each other, I come up. They was sick, my son, how they? How come such as you say, Engel Kiso and the Kowaker? So some sleep are stubborn, they don't listen. When they are guided, they don't go where they are supposed to go. Amen. That's why the Lord now, in his wonderful analogy of Psalm 23, gives us the tools that the shepherd must use to help the sheep. That brings us to both the rod and the staff. Amen. So you understand that the pastor, your relation is to God, but also to your pastor. Praise the Lord. In John 21 verse 16, it was this instruction to Peter, feed my sheep. And as I just said to you this morning, Jeremiah 3.16, I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Glory to God. Now what is the purpose of the rod? Let me make a distinction. That is a staff, but this is a rod. Can you see this one is a little bit 
more rough and wild and it's actually stronger. I will never dare to eat that thing like this because it's, a, it will, it, it's not as strong as this one. This one is for beating. Yeah. This one is for correction. Yeah. Ah! It, but it's also for protection. Are you listening? You see, I think when I was younger, I, I had some kung fu moves. See? But I don't know now anymore. I, I don't know if I lost my skill. But I'm sure if you must fight me and I do some of my skills, you'll think twice about coming closer. It's for protection. Hallelujah. This rod conveys the concept of authority, power, discipline, and defense. I see somebody writing. I give it to you again. Authority. The rod speaks of authority. Remember when Moses had a rod in his hand. He said, Lord, what, how can I deliver the people of Israel? What must I say to Pharaoh? I don't have an army to go with me. And the Lord asked him this wonderful question. Moses, what is that in your hand? Hey! He said, it's a rod. He said, that will be your authority. When you lift it up, I'll open the Red Sea. When you throw it down, it will turn into a snake and it will, def it will kill the snakes of the Egyptians. If you touch the rock, it will give you water. The rod, the power and authority. Hallelujah. A good shepherd must have a rod. His authority. Now, understand what this means. It's power. It's discipline. If you walk out of order, ah, that's discipline. When I was, when we were trained to swim some years ago, you must all learn to swim, okay? How many of you can't swim? I wanted to take you on a boat ride, but now I can't. You must all learn to swim. When we were trained to swim, we swim 50 meters in the big Olympic pool. And when we get to the end, we want to rest. <sighs> Swimming is very hard. Eh? Now we want to hang. Then we had a coach with a rod like this. Then he hit our fingers. <sighs> we can't rest. We must just come to the end, do the turnaround and go back again. 20 laps. Yeah, so when you come, you want to just, just, why don't you pick it? So pick rest. The rod. It was exercise. He didn't mean to arm us. Discipline. You understand? Training and discipline. Yes. And defense against danger. But the staff, it speaks of kindness and long suffering. Patience and long suffering. We'll get to the staff in a minute. I'm first preaching about the rod. Amen. Mm. Now, the rod, it, it, the real rod is actually this. 
This is just a symbol. But the real rod is the word of God. Because a pastor's authority is the word of God. Whatever I rebuke you with, whatever I discipline you with, whatever power I want to heal, I can only yield it as it is written in the word of God. Amen. If I tell you, you should not do that, my sister, then I can only say if it's from the Bible. Hmm. That's why you can't just do anything. If I say you must eat grass, you must ask me where in the Bible did a man of God tell his people to eat grass? Are you listening to what I'm teaching you? Everything, this is the authority. Hallelujah. It's the ultimate authority. No pastor is greater than this authority. But when a pastor has this in his hand, he actually has this in his hand. This is his rod. The Bible is the rod. It's the authority and the power. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall remain forever. Many uh, governments, universities, they want to say this book is outdated and it's of no relevance anymore. And they try other ways. But I want to tell you, before they were even existing, the word of God was there. And long after they shall be gone, the word of God will be there. Hallelujah! No man is wiser than God. The Bible says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. Hallelujah! The Bible is the rod in the pastor's hand. Do you get understanding today? It is the only basis of power and authority of the shepherd. That's why pastors and cell leaders and all leaders in this church, you must treasure the word of God. It's not my clever sayings that will make you uh, better people. It's how I have the word of God on my lips that will change your lives. Hallelujah. So I can't preach to you if I never read this Bible. I can't preach to you if I only glance through the scriptures. I will never become a man of power and authority if I don't read this Bible, digest the Bible, eat the Bible. Hallelujah. And the same applies to you, my brothers and sisters. If you want to become a woman of power, a man of power is a man of the word. Amen. Get into the book. Like my friend Vincent Alexander would say, take your face out of the book, that's the Facebook, and put your face in this book. This is the Bible. Amen. Yes, some girls that love Facebook, yeah, I saw one or two of them. You know, girls love to pose for pictures and stuff. Then it goes, it's nothing wrong. Ladies are beautiful, so they have to pose a little bit on Facebook. But Apostle Vincent said, get your face out of, get, get off Facebook and put your face in the book. Aye! Hallelujah! The Bible is the rod. Amen. What is the purpose of the Bible? What is the purpose of the rod? The rod is what the shepherd relies on to protect himself and his flock when there is danger. So just as you see the shepherd protecting the sheep, 
They say wolves, if they see a flock of sheep, they want to come. But if they see a shepherd walking with this thing, they stay far. So they wait for the time when the shepherd has left the sheep. Then they will come. But if they see him from a distance, they know they can't go. Because they felt it. They felt this before. It pains. Yes. So I'm not just protecting you. I'm also protecting myself. Because a wolf can attack me also. Amen. So the word of God is not just to protect you. It's also to protect me. Hallelujah. That's why I'm teaching you from the word of God. Number two. The rod is, is the instrument the shepherd uses to discipline and correct any stubborn sheep that insists on walking away or wandering away. So I teach you from the Bible why it's important that you must rather find a good church like this and remain. It's not that I just suck it out of my thumb, it's from the word. He who is planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Amen. I want to see you flourish. I know where there's nice green grass for you to eat. I mean, physics, uh, uh, spiritually speaking, not natural grass. I think that pastor who gave them grass, he misinterpreted the, the scripture. And he took them to green pastures. <laughs> hey! And I don't think grass will kill you in any way. Maybe it's good for some of our stomachs. So, it is a wayward sheep must be corrected. He's walking in the wrong direction. If he continues there, the wolf is going to get him. Because we are all going this way. Why are you going that way? Hey, come on. Do you see? It's an example of what I do by my preaching. As I'm preaching now. You can't see it, but the, oh, now you see it. But every Sunday, you don't see this rod. It's in, my, it's in my mouth. It's the word of God in my mouth. I'm yielding correction. So, I don't be angry with me. It's the work of the shepherd. Woe to me if I don't do the work that God called me to do. Sometimes the preaching of the word pierces you. It's the rod of correction. You are going in the wrong way and now and then I have to. That's who you know Amen. <laughs> One over the head is good for you. Because if I let you go there, you see, you don't know your death is around the corner. Your backsliding is around the corner. Uh, you got angry that I corrected you, but it was for your own benefit. It was to save you. This is to keep us safe. From the wolves and the jackals and the lion and the bear. Hallelujah. Clap for Jesus. Your clapping will also make you warm, you see. I'm just very clever. Clap. You don't have to clap for me. Just clap to keep you warm. The shepherd's rod is his weapon of power and authority. Number four. There is comfort and consolation in seeing the shepherd's rod. The sheep, when they see the shepherd as a rod, 
then they are very relaxed because they know if the wolves come or the bear come, they are protected. That's by a breaker. They can even puff themselves out. I think they can even tease the bear and the lions. Well, well. You're like, and next marky. But no, a shepherd is he. Our shepherd is here. And he's here with his rod. So there's that type of assurance. I think that's a better word. There's a blessed assurance. Do you know that, that wonderful hymn? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Yeah. So, there's an assurance when Jesus is near you. A calmness. A shepherd yielding the rod. When the word of authority and power is close by, you can be assured you're safe. The devils and the demons can't catch you because the shepherd has a yielding rod. Glory to God. The rod is used by the shepherd for the welfare of the sheep, to discipline the sheep. I explained it to you already. The shepherd also uses the rod to examine and to count the sheep. This is important. Examine and to count the sheep. Ezekiel 20 verse 37 says, And I will cause you to pass under the rod. Ezekiel 20 verse 37. I will cause you to pass under the rod. And I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. So to come under the rod means to come under the shepherd's control and authority. Hallelujah. Because the shepherd must bring you to carefully inspect you. And when the shepherd was in the meadow, in the field, he would let the sheep walk under his rod and see if there are any scars and inspection. Excuse me. An inspection. A closer inspection. Under the rod. Are you with me? This preaching to you is to a large audience. But there are times when the pastor has to come closer to you. When we talk about your personal problems. I'm doing a little bit of inspection with the rod. Are you listening to me? That was one of the purposes. Come under. I'm counting. One, two, three. I need to see if the wolf maybe didn't steal one of my sheep and I wasn't aware of it. So it must come under the rod. Five, six, 99, 100, 101, one. And then when I stop you a little, wait, wait, let me see. What ticks are on you? Let me have a closer inspection. What is this? This is a boyfriend that I need to Hey! <laughs> a bossless boyfriend. <laughs> I can, I, he's gonna bring fever. He's gonna bring thick fever in your life. I would off. I would off. I would off. I would off. So I see very cakey. But I said to be up. 
And many other inspections. You know your life. You know where, where the missing parts are. You know where the, the parasites are. You know what part needs help and healing. And listen everybody. It's nothing wrong. If there are parts of our lives that's not well. All of us have difficulties. As long as you're in the care of a good shepherd. Then the rod of correction can help you. I'm aware that many of us struggle with things. One lady sent me a message. She said, Pastor, I'm struggling with cigarettes. I said, it's not a problem. Just stay under the care of the shepherd. Very soon, it will go away. Hallelujah. One brother said, Pastor, I the year of my loss. I drink brother, Brother, don't worry. Don't worry. I don't chase you away. Come. If you want to be free, the Lord will set you free. Yes. You see? But as long as you're under the rod, I have counted you. But don't go under there. The rod will correct you. Say, okay, I'll get you out. Say, can you? No, say, my best friend, he owns a Sabine. No, man. No, man. You're already struggling. You can't go visit your friend every night. We need to now first get you right and get you away there. Do you understand? That's the rod of correction. Uh, you, you can't go there. Because mm -mm. that thing is not working on you. Don't be stubborn. Don't run away after you've been corrected. Hang around. Stay here. Stay here because the, the wolves are outside there. They're waiting for you. They won't come now because they can see this rod. They see it from far. It's if you go far from me, I can't know. Now you come back, you come with by pregnancy. But if you were here, those wolves would not have raped you outside there. Yeah. You would have been safe here. Do you understand what I'm trying to to explain to you. Keep on to the road, son. Hallelujah. So it's an instrument of protection for us in times of danger. Let me rush. The staff. Now give me the staff. This is different. Amen. Do you all see the staff? We also use this when we ordain people because it shows a shepherd must have a staff. That one is more for power and authority. This one is for comfort and for healing. Hallelujah. With this rod, the shepherd never beat the sheep. This is a gentle instrument. It's for guidance. So if he's running away too far, I use him because his neck is like a thin. I say, no, 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 no. You mustn't go so far. Are you with me? If he's walking that way, walk, just walk towards there. Then I say, no, 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 you must go that way. It's a gentle nurturing. You see, a pastor can't just be hard. <laughs> pastor can't just be hard. He must be hard at times, but there are times that he must push a little. And you can ask all those who work with me, I sound hard, but I'm a very loving person. 
My wife, ask, ask my wife, ask my wife. Ask my wife. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. Amen? Look how nice you look. If I was a bad shepherd, stand you, stand you men, look how these men look. If I was a clone gangsters, man, dry on. Dry on, man. Son, say you, say you. Who likes him with the suit on? The altitude you go like it. Broek is bieke stief, maar ons gaat dit groter maak. Amen. <coughs> sit down, sit down. You see? If I was a bad shepherd, then I wouldn't have. You see? You can judge a shepherd's skill by the, how nice and fat the sheep are. How nice they, they wool looks. Where they well looked after. They can moan, but the, when the people see them, Jy, maar jylle lik daar mooi, jong. Jylle het my so goeie pasta. Aha. But this one is not for beating. It's for guiding and comfort. For what? Guiding and comfort. Hallelujah. So this is what happened. Sometimes when babies are born, they wander away from their parents a little bit. Then the shepherd would take the staff and just hook them, bring them to the mother. The reason for it is, if you put his hand on them and the mother smell a different scent, he might reject the baby. So to prevent his odor from coming on the baby, he has to use the staff. Ah, and gently brings him back. He's connecting people that are drifting far from one another. It's called a connecting rod. That's why we call it, a pastor must be a connector. Hallelujah. And if, if, I, if I tell you I don't have time, there's so many people that are married here today and some are getting married. You know where they met? Right here in this crowd. I took the staff invisibly and I picked it up. I said, you, it's called shepherdorian linking. I'm linking you. I said, for your man cry in the cake. I said, you should nader trek se daasai. A fatekai man na seek daasai. Amen? Sometimes we need to do that. And many times I also try to link friends. Because I've preached this, the Bible says it, but people don't listen to me. You cannot be friends with unbelievers as best friends. Are you with me? You can have friends. I'm not saying you can't. You know them, acquaintances, but not friends. When you come to Jesus, your friends must be of the same persuasion as you. Your friends must like church. Your friends must like Jesus. If your friends don't like church, they never attend, they never love Jesus, they're going to they gonna influence you badly. Are you listening to me? So what I'm doing, I'm nurturing you closer to believers. Believers. Oftentimes I'm in the garden and I meet somebody new. Then I call the youngsters, come say hello to this one. You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm pulling you closer to one another with the staff. Amen? Some of the guys here at the table even, they are best friends today just because of the house of God. And the staff that has been used to link you. Hallelujah. How many ladies still need to be linked with husbands? Put up your hands and I will... Uh, I'll yield my staff. I'll yield my staff. Can you kick her off? Hi. No music for Christina. 
Ik mis nou vir sister Christina, sy sal nou geskreet, Amen, ek soek een man, paste, ek soek een man. Maar iemand sê my, sê, jy het een man gekry, is dit waar? Ja, sy sê, sy is een first lady nou. Jere, ja. The staff. A symbol of comfort and concern. It demonstrates the compassion the pastor has for the sheep. Hallelujah. One day one of my families were inflicted with COVID-19 disease. And it was just in the beginning and everybody was afraid because people were dying like flies. And I told my wife, I have to go to this family. My wife said, but what if the germ jumps on you? I said, you see, I have to show my compassion. I will take both my rod and my, my rod for protection. My stuff for comfort. And when the family saw me by the door, because they were in isolation. You know when you have this, you must isolate. But I had to come to the door. I stayed. My scientific knowledge told me, just stay two meters from them. But I came and I brought them food. And I brought the children sweets. And they said, the comfort. Just by seeing the shepherd, I brought them great comfort. So all of my shepherds, even if you listen to me, visiting is so important. We must visit the sheep. Amen. And if you never had a visit, you're getting one soon. Keep the tea ready. Amen. Hallelujah, the pastor come. Glory to God. The staff brings people together in an intimate relationship. The staff is also used by the shepherd to reach out to catch individual sheep and also draw them close to himself for inspection. Just like the rod, but the rod was more for beating. This one pulls you gently. Let me have a look at you. Let me have a look at you. You see, I can even twist his head like that. Then I can twist this. Kijk of Gentle inspection. Amen. And lastly, the shepherd often uses the staff to guide the sheep into a new direction. Amen. We had enough grazing here now. We're going this way. Now listen to me, everybody. If you're from a different church and you recently came here, I might be telling you things that your former pastor and your priest and your dominion never told you. But part of the purpose of the staff is to guide you in new directions. You must never get to a place where you don't want to be guided in a new direction. Then you will never grow. Do you understand? The purpose of this is guiding you not well, gently. We're going this way. We're going to learn about loyalty and disloyalty. We're going to learn about the love of God. We're going to learn about hard work in the church. Working for the Lord. We're going to learn about fruitfulness. Do you understand? Do you love my preaching? If I had money, I would give myself an offering. 
And the last one as we close, the oil. My message is today, the rod, the staff, and the oil. A shepherd has all these tools at his disposal to take care of the sheep. The rod for protection and authority, the staff for gentle nurturing and comfort, but now the oil. What is the purpose, pastor, of the oil? He said in Psalm 23 verse 5, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Yes. It's very simple. In the days of any pastoral, when I say pastoral, it's people who herd sheep and, 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 and other animals, other flocks. They needed oil to prevent flies and many other insects. I actually want to read it to you from my book that came to sit on the sheep. Hallelujah. Because the oil is used for rubbing on the sheep. It's poured on them and it's rubbed on them. For what purpose? It's a good question. Because it has two purposes. It keeps away the flies and it also heals the wounds that has already been caused by the flies. Are you listening to me? The flies, they speak of evil spirits that afflict the sheep. And many of you come from places where evil spirits are very comfortable. Evil spirits are territorial. They like certain places. That's why when Jesus wanted to cast out the evil spirits from the man of Gadara, they said, don't chase us away here. This is our hometown. That's why sometimes you must move away from certain places if you want to get rid of the devils there. Because somebody has invited them there and they feel at home there. Sometimes there's objects and things in that house that has invited demons there. Specifically, if it's not your house, it becomes very difficult. But it's the oil that will be rubbed on you to keep them away. <clears throat> the wounds that you have come from your experiences in life. And life has very hard experiences. And it's not just your own fault. Sometimes it's the fault of other people. Many times your relationships that broke up, it's not your fault, my brother, my sister. I know we live in a world with many sinful people. And we have many difficult experiences. But you need to be free from demons. Demons harass you. Yes. Demons abuse you. They accuse you. They afflict you. They tempt you. You must be free from the bitter experiences of life. In sheep farming, there's what they call summertime, when the summer season comes, and then everything grows nice, but there's also many flies that's, that's around there. They say summertime is fly time. We have the same problem here at our church. We can eat nice in the winter, but when the summer comes, it's like a hundred flies have also come. I don't know if they come from Jackie's side there, or they come from this side here opposite the road but they come to join on the chicken 
or the, or the bread that we eat. We've complained about this infestation here, but it brings flies. Summertime is fly time. Are you listening? Here are some of the parasites that will affect the real sheep, but you must see them as demons in your life. It will make your life a misery. The, 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 the flies are the wobble fly, the bot fly, the heel fly, hey, the nose fly, the deer fly, the black fly, mosquito, and other many parasites. They really spoil the sheep and they irritate them. I told you there's a small, I told you this last week, I'll just repeat, there was a, there's this little small insect, it lays eggs in the soft part of the nose. Have you seen a dog has a soft nose that's like wet? If the dog's nose is dry, you say the dog is sick. Now the sheep has a nose like that, also very wet. Now these little flies, they lay the eggs in the wetness, the, the, the softness. And then when the lava is out, they go deeper in. Then the babies sit in the flesh inside their head. And they, they cause a swelling and an irritation. And that's when the sheep knocks his head to scratch. And many sheep die. And that is what demons will do to you. They will cause you to die. But there is an answer. Hallelujah. There is a remedy. It's called the oil. What happens is that the shepherd puts oil on the sheep's head. And on the body. So it repels the flies. It chases away the flies. Modern shepherds with modern farmers with big cattle, they take them through a dip. Amen? They take them to a dip. Down in the dip and other side out. The, the animal is fully covered. But it was olive oil with a mixture of other spices that the shepherds used. And if you see the real oil in the Bible, it's also a mixture of spices and the olive oil. Once you are rubbed with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, demons can't come to you. Are you listening? You don't have to be afraid of devils anymore. When the oil of God is on you, the oil talks about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! And God's power will protect you from all devils and demons. Praise God! So it is the oil that will save you. And you need not one dose, you need a daily dose. They didn't just smear or rub oil once, they rubbed it numerous times. Numerous times. Because as the season sings, different devils come around. May you be covered with oil. May you be protected from devils and demons. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to deliver many of you from things that you were struggling with for many years. Because of the oil of the Holy Ghost. And lastly, lastly, the, the, the oil for the healing of the wounds. The healing of the wounds. Man, there are many hurts in this life today. When I talk to people, I feel their pain. I was talking to a pastor the other day and he said that he's done so much for his people. 
but they have accused him of things and he felt so hurt. And I realized that this is the work that we are involved in. And I think everybody, in some way, you get hurt by things that's not your fault. People will say bad things about you and people will accuse you. People will, will pull the skin off your face. But there's an oil that will heal the hurt. There's a sickness called scab. It's like brunsic. You also need to go through the dip, you see. You must dip. So when you come out, you're covered with this oil. A hurt and a, and, a, and a pain can cause you never to go forward in life because the only thing you talk about is that thing. I'm talking to somebody here today. Some of the reasons why you have not moved forward is you can't get over that hurt. But today the Lord is saying to you, you must come for the oil. Let that thing go into the past. It will tie you down. It's demonic. It ties you down so that you can't progress. Everybody make mistakes in life. Sometimes our parents mistreated us. Maybe your father was not a, a good person. Maybe your mother didn't treat you well. Maybe they gave you away to some other family to take care of you. Many of you grew up without your parents. Don't let that hurt prevent you from moving forward. God has got great things in store for you. You need a little bit of oil. That's all you need. On that scab in your life. Maybe you had a divorce. Maybe somebody promised to marry you and just left you. You hurt, you hurt. Another man loves you, but you're so afraid. If you, if you fall in love again, they're also going to hurt you. They are, but, but it's keeping you from something very good in your life. You need oil. And this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me, I must talk to you about the rod, the staff, and the oil. And if you are obedient sheep, you will come for oil. So the Lord can heal you and you can start to make the progress that God wants you to have. The shepherd has tools to, to help you. I think this last one is for me very, very powerful and crucial. Because without the Holy Spirit, we won't make it. This is the symbol of the Holy Ghost. You must have the oil. You must have the oil. You see, when I preach, I sometimes tell you my stories. My, I'm open about the pains and the hurts of my life because I'm not ashamed. I also went through some difficult times, embarrassing times sometimes, shameful things. But I'm delivered. And I can tell others, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was hurt, but the hurt has been removed by the oil. The mistakes we made, it doesn't have to keep us there. God is a God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance, many chances. And God wants to help you. 
If you don't see progress in your life, maybe there's something there that is the hindrance. Let me put some oil on you so that that scab can heal. You need to be dipped in the oil of the Holy Ghost. Would you bow your heads, please? The staff, the rod, and the oil. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus, you are our great shepherd. Our good shepherd. Our chief shepherd.